0: Welcome to the Quietest Moments podcast. I am your host, Sherry Homeyun Myers, and this is a show that's really dedicated to those on a journey of self discovery and inner peace. My show is all about the quiet moments in life and what have been some of those quiet moments that people have experienced. What have they taught them? The lessons, the insights, there is so much we can learn in the quiet moments of life if we just listen. So this is going to be the type of show that's going to expand your mind in so many different ways and is really going to help facilitate more of your growth on your own personal self discovery journey. So I say buckle up hit the follow button, and enjoy the ride. And welcome to The Quietest Moments. So on today's episode, I'm speaking with Nicoa Dunn, And I'm so excited to introduce you to Nikoa because her background's just so intriguing. You know, for 20 plus years, she grew a phenomenal career as an executive in the HR space. She's worked for top companies such as GE, Thermo Fisher Scientific, and Allscripts. And she got to a point in her career where she's just like, I don't want to do this anymore. And you hear about her story today, and I think it's just so incredible to hear about what she's gone through, some of the big decisions she's had to make and what that's really led her to learn. And so I'm just so excited to introduce you to Nikoa Dunn. All right, Nikoa, I am so excited to have you on the Quietest Moments podcast. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Sherry. It's always a pleasure to meet with you.
0: Yes, and I'm so excited to get to know your background a little bit more in depth. So to kick us off, maybe you could talk to us a little bit about your journey to where you are today.
1: Well, I was really pleased when you invited me to be on your podcast, and I love the title, The Quietest Moment. And I, when I think back on how I got to where I am today, there was this very profound moment where I literally felt my entire body being completely coherent with the decision I had made. And having a background in corporate communications and human resources, I had been living this American dream checklist for a very long time, living a, this is what I'm supposed to do, this is how I'm supposed to live to be happy and successful. And I had gotten to a point where I thought, well, I made it to the top of this checklist, I'm a top executive, I'm married, I have three kids, I actually have this beautiful home and multiple cars, and I guess you have to compromise in order to live this type of life. And what I meant by that was I wasn't really fulfilled and satisfied. And literally um, six years of pondering this with many quiet moments, I would add, I find myself in a meeting with my CEO and I literally quit with no plan. It was 2009 in the middle of an economic downturn with this stay-at-home husband, three kids, 12 and under. And I remember being in this debate with my CEO until I finally said, you know what? I'm triggering my contract, I'm out. I had not intended to have the conversation. We had a long dialogue and when I walked out of his office, I remember thinking, I feel 100% coherent, completely relaxed. And I knew, like I knew, like I knew I had made the right decision. Now I'll admit six weeks later, completely terrorized that I had quit with no plan. Um, But it was in that moment that I knew that I was on the path I was meant to be on and that I could set down this American dream checklist, pressure and redefine myself. And that's where I am today, working now as an executive coach after lots of ups and downs. And my whole philosophy with my clients and with myself is a life by design. I even have my own little six-word story. I like My life by design, I love mine, and you can too. And I'm just really interested in hearing more about what you'd like me to share about that experience for your podcast and your viewers. Yeah. Oh
0: my gosh, Nicole. I love it. And it's, you're so inspiring too when you speak because that level of certainty that you spoke about when you quit and you left and you had no plan, but you knew that you knew that you knew it was the right decision. I love hearing that. And then immediately I'm like, where's the doubt? And then you talked about six weeks later, the doubt is creeping in. So I think another thing I'd love to learn is, you know, once you made that big decision, how did you trust yourself to continue with that decision?
1: You know, the, the doubt came in waves of terror. And it was amazing to me. And in, in, it's been 11 years since that happened. And I, re, I look back on those moments after the decision. And although my body was communicating to me, and I'm a somatic coach, an ontological coach. So I really, it's a way of being and really listening to your body. It was the body that also freaked out because all of a sudden, as I went down this path of, yeah, I don't want to go back into that corporate experience. I know that that is not meant for me. I've been put on this earth to do something different. I then panicked and thought, but oh crap, I got to figure out how to recreate 17 years worth of income in a year. I did have a package, a one year severance agreement that I had negotiated. So although I had money, I had an income stream, I, actually began to walk around thinking, we're dirt poor. And I had this, this, what I call the bag lady syndrome. If I can't figure this out fast, I'm going to be homeless with kids living in a box. I mean, and believe me, I've had more clients than I can count that have had the same irrational fear. So when the doubts came up, I tended to do, um, I became very busy. And just like I had created my life before, you're always creating your life, by the way, you're always designing it, whether you are intentionally doing so or not. And it was at this point that I began to recognize, oh, I need to be very intentional in overcoming this decision because it really felt like it was the right one. But oh, my gosh, have I made a mistake? Am I a crazy lady? Simultaneous parallel. So as I would go through that process, I got super busy. And here's the thing. This is the mistake that people make. They're like, well, I quit my big job. But then I go out and I recreate what I call the same circus under a different tent. And in the first few years, I thought, well, I'm on my own. I'm listening to myself. I only have to answer to me. And I'm going to start this business with these two people. And I'm going to run this business. I'm going to be a coach. And I'm going to do this. And before you knew it, I was dreading the same phone calls. I was still overwhelmed. I was drinking too many glasses of wine at the end of the night. And I thought, wait a minute. So I had to have another quietest moment, if you will, wake up call where I, and I got my own coach. So never hire a coach that doesn't have a coach. (laughs) And as I did that self work, I was like, but I'm miserable again. What is wrong? Why can I not find fulfillment and satisfaction? And so ultimately I kept coming back the big funnel of, do all these things, was focused on how do I survive and not how can I create a life that would allow me to thrive? And that's the type of work I had to do. So yeah, lots of (laughs) self-work. I'm sure you can relate.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And even just when you talk about surviving versus thriving, I, to me, I, I think about you just getting by and then versus where you can thrive is where you're really in your element and your groove and your flow. So talk to me about ways that you do practice some self-development. Any, do you have any daily uh, rituals that you might recommend or even any techniques that help you stay on top of your game?
1: Sure. I think the work that I've done, the self-work, and believe me, everybody, you got to do it. You have to look at yourself. The secret sauce for the, of that for me has been becoming the observer of myself. So we can have a lot of self-care, right? And go take care of our bodies and eat well and exercise and get plenty of sleep. But if you're not really focusing in on your way of being and why you do what you do, my practice for myself and for my clients is to uncover and rediscover your deepest heart's desires. Because when I would get still and ask that question, the first thing that would typically come to me was, I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired. You know, I, do I need a nap and the nap wouldn't be fulfilling. And was it really fatigue physically or was it emotional fatigue? And the fatigue I uncovered was related to striving to prove my worth. And ultimately I've found that the more I observe myself and I can begin to say, why do I think what I'm thinking? And asking myself questions like, what do I want? And what am I making this situation mean? Really peeling back the the layers of limiting beliefs, assumptions, interpretations. The practice of asking myself questions, and yes, I turned myself into a crazy lady, so lots of self-dialogue, that is probably my number one secret to actually recognizing how to be conscious and choose what really resonates with me. So the practice is observing, asking a question day after day, what do I want? Do I want to have a healthy body so that I can actually play with my grandkids one day? then am I willing to try a different way to get to that way of being? That's the secret. If you're not having a dialogue with yourself, then there is no self-care practice that's going to help you get that satisfaction and peace.
0: Mm, Yeah, for sure. I think immediately as you're talking about that, the limited beliefs, it's all stemming from these stories and our thoughts And even if we have the beliefs now, regardless of where they come from, they're ours and only we can go in and change them for you. And and being that you're an executive coach and you have just so much experience in both the corporate world and working with folks on their own, what have been some of the lessons? I'd be very curious to find out the lessons that you've learned and also some of the advice you might give to someone that's just starting off on their own personal development practice.
1: Well, I work with a concept called energy leadership, and that is exactly what you just described, our own limiting beliefs. Everything we've ever been taught in our life from birth to today, we actually can do this attitudinal assessment, which is different than a a personality test. And what, what I love about it, and this is my favorite tool in my entire career, and I've done all of them, is that it's a subjective attitude test. So your aptitude is subjective, it is not stagnant, it is not stuck. So once I have begun working with this tool with my clients, and it's based on Bruce Schneider's book, Energy Leadership, and when I began looking at their perceptions of their world, then we could take it away from them and say, oh, well, no wonder you reacted to your child talking back to you like that. Anyone would, if you made it mean they were being disrespectful to you. So what's another meaning you could give their behavior? What's another perspective we can use to look at that reaction that you had and turn it into a response? So again, observing, taking it away from them, feeling like they're broken, that they're that they're a bad parent, all the self-disparaging dialogues. This is really the separation practice that we've used to help executives, parents, it's all life. Whether I talk about being an executive coach, we talk about everything in your life when we work together. And what I have found is that once they recognize that they were normal and that they weren't broken and that this was not something that was just who they were, well, that's how I am. No, it's how you've been. Historically that's been a reactionary practice of yours, but going forward, Here's how you intend to practice. And here's the practice, and that is the secret the practice that we will collaborate with and co create new ways of being. You know, ultimately, Sherry, it's rewriting your story and recognizing how your past story served you and how now it's no longer serving you and what is the new story. So we do a lot of writing, a lot of rewriting, and a lot of acting as if in order to get to a space of being that serves us and creates that deepest hearts desires of peace and well-being
0: Mm, i love that and there was also something you mentioned earlier that reminds me of what you just spoke about just in terms of how we're in control and and we can change things up and you mentioned earlier that we're always creating our life we're always the creator and it's so interesting because when i think back to your journey You've created so many things in your life. I'd be very curious, what are some of the things you're most proud of that you've created? And when you think about this, it can be anything. What comes to mind?
1: The fact that I'm a creator. <laughs> I'm so proud that I recognize that. I mean, I, that is the that is the secret of my entire life. And I, you know, when, when uh, Rhonda Byrne, wrote the book, The Secret, which makes me chuckle because in 2008, I saw Oprah. And that was this aha moment for me when I was watching this whole concept of the law of attraction, et cetera. And I thought, well, heck, I do that. I've been doing that my whole life. So I'm so proud that I came into this world with an awareness of it, but I had never second-guessed the path that I was being, if you will, brainwashed to follow. And so I'm really proud that I listened to that inner voice. And let me be honest, it took me six years, six years from some of those aha moments of looking up into the sky and saying, I remember crying once with my mom on the phone at the end of a very long day. It was dark outside. And we pu- I pulled into a parking lot to have the phone call because my blackberry wouldn't work where my house was and i had to finish this dialogue and i was crying and tired and stressed and i said you know mom and i looked up in the, into the sky and i said i was not put on this earth to do this type of work and in that moment she tried to convince me well sure you were you were actually you're helping thousands of people you're you're really influencing them but i knew deep down inside that I was supposed to take it to the next level, to a different way. And I was so handcuffed into this American dream checklist and this, this, uh, this total like um, hamster wheel, right? I, cu- I couldn't get off. And it took some physical experiences where I thought I was having a heart attack and then I wasn't and I was disappointed because I thought that would have given me an excuse to get out. And then I ended up with malignant melanoma. And finally, I guess I'm just so proud that I actually finally listened and totally acted on that intuitive voice, that inner voice. And I give myself a break, right? I am creating, and I was really so proud of what I'd created, but it was based in everybody else's expectations. And now, I live my life completely by design on my own terms. And if it doesn't feel good, I don't do it. And if it feels easy, I do it. And my children told me the other day, they said, you know what, mom, I think you have successfully taught us how to work as little as possible and get the biggest return for your efforts. And I said, yeah, I want to live like I'm retired. And I happen to coach to pay my bills. And that's what I'm doing.
0: Mm i love that i am a creator and even when i just listen to you nicole it it makes me smile and it inspires me because the doubt is is there but you still move yourself forward and you still get it done and you still listen to yourself and sometimes what i think is so interesting is so many of us have these big dreams and we understand our heart desires but that handcuff it yeah. might not be to a job. It might be to a relationship. It might be to an addiction or whatever you know that looks like. But it was interesting to also hear that you had some physical experiences. Mm-hmm. So that unrecognized belief was then manifesting into some symptoms. And it's so yeah. powerful to, to hear about your thought process of wanting that to, to be real. So that could be your excuse to step out and how much strength it must have really have taken you to do that. So I just I get inspired by listening to your story and I think as I continue to take us on your journey I'd love to kind of point us in the direction of the listeners. So yeah. thinking back for your own journey, Nicoa, a time when you were just starting off on your own and really looking to build your your life by design, What were some of the first couple of steps that you did? And for our listeners that want to really lean into more ease and want to create a life by design for themselves, what might you recommend for them?
1: Well, first of all, I want to congratulate them for even entertaining the thought, right? To even experimenting with going out on their own or leaving their partner or doing something completely different. Because- that voice is telling you the truth. You know already, you know already what you need to do. And what I would invite you to begin with is imagining, see, the, a lot of people are afraid to even imagine it actually happening. So they'll, they'll have the thought and they'll think, yeah, you know, I wish I could go out on my own or, you know, I really wish I could turn my photography business into my full business, you know, instead of having to work part time but they don't allow themselves to imagine and dream it as if it were happening. So that's the first homework assignment. Closing your eyes and seeing it, how would it feel? What would that be like? What would your ideal day look like? You know, do you wake up? Do you sleep in? Do you have an alarm clock or do you not have an alarm clock? Do you work out every day? Do you work out once a week? Do you work from your car and travel around? What does your office look like? What does the client conversation sound like? How do you feel throughout that day? Do you eat dinner with your family or do you eat out all the time? Imagine the feeling. Here's the key. We can list all the things you want to do and the doing, but I am inviting you now to step into the feeling because that is what attracts your new reality. And then, Listen to your intuition. So what's that one thing you could do? If you've never taken one step towards that reality, then of course you're not going to get it. And yeah, you're afraid, but it's as if we don't allow ourselves to fantasize about it because we think, yes, but well, that's too scary. Well, I don't even want to allow myself to fantasize because then I think I might be sad. But here's the, the opposite happens. Once you begin to fantasize about it, and you begin to feel into it, then you actually think, oh, wait a minute, maybe I could do this because that feels really good. I'll give you an example. My son came to me and he had told us that he really wanted to travel to Japan and he was 18 years old. And it was his senior year in high school. And I said, great, I think you should plan on that. You know, Well, a few months went by and it's like January of his senior year. And I said, you know, how come, you haven't talked about going to Japan again. And he said, well, I thought about it and you know, I really don't have a reason to go. And I was like, um, justice, his name is justice. So justice, which part about I want to go, isn't a reason, give yourself permission to just do something and you don't have to have a rational reason other than that's what you want to do. So we literally sat down that weekend and we said, okay, well, if you were going to go to Japan, how would you do it? And we Googled hostels and we Googled airline tickets and we started researching Japan. And before you knew it, he went all by himself for two weeks to Japan that summer. And all we had to do was to give himself permission and then sit down and start taking one step at a time. And we made it a reality. And he's been back a couple times since. And, you know, that's a small example, but it was a really big one for him. And I think people really just should pause and give themselves permission to see this as a reality.
0: Mm, I love that and thank you so much for sharing that story because I could picture him and I would probably be the same like ah, if I don't got really a reason to go why, why should I go but I love that where you really help people develop a different relationship they have with themselves and it's really understanding that they're deserving of these things that they fantasize about and that they vision I think so many of us don't feel deserving of it you know
1: Well, I think we have to remind ourselves, and I call this remembering our wholeness. You were born deserving. You will forget that you are deserving. You will do the work to remember you are deserving, and then you will die knowing you were deserving. (laughs) And this is all based in the root, root issues of feeling that you are not enough. And I believe that our experience on this human journey is to simply experience. I don't think you can get it wrong. I think if we step back from judgment of this is right or wrong, or am I getting it right? Am I gonna get it wrong? What if I go off and start a business like I did, and then it fails? Well, I took a business from cradle to grave in four years and lost 50 grand, right? My father said, you didn't lose 50 grand. That's the best MBA you could have ever invested in. So it's all about perspective. It's all about taking a chance and knowing that just because your story took you to where you are today doesn't mean you can't change it and start the story over again in a different version. I think that's the key. What story do you want to write right now? It's okay. You're okay, and you can do whatever the heck you want, and it's nobody else's business.
0: <laughs> mm, yes, 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 yes. I love it. And Nakoa, as I wrap things up for us, what's really lighting you up today? I'm so curious.
1: Well, I love that question, and I've heard you ask people that before. And what's really lighting me up right now is my conscious coupling practice. So a lot of what energy leadership is and uh, self-awareness practices is is all about consciousness. So consciousness simply means you're waking up and putting on a hat of curiosity about your own experience, about how you're showing up in the world. And I happen to be in a, a new relationship. Um, one of the other wake up calls I had was that I needed to leave my uh, 25 year marriage, which was, was a kicking and screaming moment for me. But I knew like I knew it was another thing that I had to transition out of into the next phase of my life. And, and since then I have fallen in love again in a different relationship and we practice true vulnerability in the dialogues we have. And when someone else is triggering us and we can actually sit down and say, wow, when you said that, I totally thought this, and, and now I want you to know that I'm having this moment and can, you know, how can you help me with that and how can I help you see me? And, and he does the same thing and it's vulnerable and weird, but it's really lighting me up because I thought, wow, if we could all, and in light of current events, if we could all just begin to shine light on our own reactions and vulnerabilities, I think we can become much more connected that's ultimately what all of our triggers are, is fearing that we cannot be seen, heard, or we're not gaining a connection with another human being. So I am lit up about that ability to take my world into that next level of awareness and consciousness. And hopefully I can be role modeling that for others with the work I do. And you, Sherry, are clearly role modeling it with the work you're doing. And it's really an honor to be able to talk with you about all of this.
0: Well, it's been so fun to hear your background. It gets me so excited when I when I hear about this new level of intimacy, right? That you both get to explore, like, oh, the best. And this has it been is. so nice, Nicole. What would be some last words that you'd like to offer the audience?
1: I think the last words are, remember that you can't get this thing called life wrong. And that it is a life by design. And it's time for you to rediscover and uncover your deepest heart's desires and really focus in on your true north and i highly encourage people to begin to do that fantasizing work so your life by design my life by design i love mine and you should too
0: all right guys that is Nikoa done i hope you have enjoyed this episode and getting to know nicoa And really what she's been through in her entire background, I loved learning about her lessons and, you know, what she's personally learned. That's really, you know, inspiring for me to see a woman that was overtaken by terror, but still moved herself forward, you know? And I think that happens to all of us. We want to make these big moves and then we go to do it and we're like, what am I doing? So the doubt creeps in. And it's just so inspiring to see, you know, a lady such as Nikoa, who's just breaking boundaries, setting up new standards. And it excites me. And if it excites you too, then make sure you're following the Quietest Moments podcast, guys. I'm going to be bringing stories just like this every single week that are going to help you on your own personal development journey. So enjoy the ride. And I will talk to you again soon.